Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and travelled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you. And I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the gospel of Christ. Oh Christ. Thank you very much, uh, Diane and Gary. Who's heard that reading before? Some of you? Thought so. It's a very powerful one. But let's pray that God brings something fresh to us, even if we've heard it many, many times. 
Lord God, good Father of us all. We thank you for those parables, those very memorable stories that Jesus told, that stuck in the minds of the hearers and they pondered them. Sometimes they wondered what they were about and sometimes they knew all all too well. And so we pray that as we reflect on that parable, on that story, you would help us to receive the story afresh. And Lord, may we hear it as those who want to live a better story as human beings made in your image. Amen. So, uh, I've got some slides. So, oh, that's not the first one. Well, actually, that's interesting, isn't it? The other picture was actually home for Joe. (laughs) Or it sometimes feels like it, and I, I guess it feels like that for some of you who kind of do a lot here. But home, what comes into your mind when you think... Oh, can you see the pictures? You could, oh, you've got a picture there. It's great. What comes into your mind, some of the words, when you think about home? Okay. Some thoughts or images. Doing all right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, well, uh, I wonder whether... Here's a couple that I think you may not have heard of. Can we have the first one? It's coming home. (laughs) Only it didn't. (laughs) And the next one? The United Kingdom. In that man? We do come together, don't we? He brought it home at long last. Well, actually, when we think about home, uh, we probably didn't think about those, but it wasn't just thoughts and ideas that came into our mind, it was actually a feeling. It kind of raises emotions, doesn't it? And my guess is that most of us will have felt something positive when we thought about home. Yes, there are some maybe here today who would have had a little pang of pain when they thought about home. But most people will have heard something positive, something spirit-lifting, something warming, something consoling and comforting. while I was, um, when I was preparing this talk, uh, I asked one of my secretaries, actually I only have one secretary, but they do job share just in case you're wondering where I'm spending your money. Um, and, uh, and she came out with some of these words. She wrote a load down. I said, just put it, scribble down a few words so I get a feel for what, what it resonates for you. So let's see if any of these came to mind for you. So she said, uh, love, family, security, comfort, laughter, friends, pets. Anyone get pets? Oh yeah, there's a few, yeah. Garden, memories. Now, given those images and those feelings, it's not surprised that the marketing people like to refer to home. Because a place where we can be ourselves. It's a place of, of care and of, and of freedom. Can we have the next slide, please? Oh, here he is. Do you recognize this? Yes, yeah, seen it before. This is the um, Hollywood actor who's uh, called Owen Wilson. 
and he's appeared in films such as Zoolander, and uh, he's got a bit of a rugger nose. You understand what I mean there? Yeah. But here he is, lounging on the sofa. He contrasts the gulf between work and home. And uh, it relies on the assumptions that home's a good thing and we long to get to it, and work's a bad thing. Actually, what they didn't remember is that some people work from home. <laughs> and indeed, it's most, uh, most people who uh, work in their home on their housework would have um, thought of that. How many of you put up your hand if you thought of home and then you put housework? Anybody, any hands up? I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm really shocked, and no men at all. That wasn't such a shock. Um, but my, um, my secretary put housework as one of the things that she thought of on her little list. But anyway, home is invariably a word that's associated with welcome. Welcome home, a place that we want to return to, a place that brings peace and joy and security. But the image of home is a much richer one because it doesn't always tie us to a location or a place. Slide, please. Home is where the heart is. She is at home with herself. And then there's St. Augustine. Slide, please. Our hearts are restless till they find their home in you. In you, the Lord God. We discover our identity our value, our place, truly, in God's love and his presence and his way for human beings, not just individually, but collectively in community. Home is about knowing where we belong and to whom we belong. And we're made to belong to God. The Bible reading which we heard read in those two parts beautifully by Diane and Gary sheds light on this. And it's, take, that was taken from chapter 15 of Luke's Gospel. I do recommend go away and just read Luke 15 um, because there's more in it than simply that great uh, story of the two sons. But there are three stories there and they're all about home. They're all about home. Slide, please. The first one is about a lost sheep that the shepherd goes to find and leaves the 99. Actually, all the people who heard him, Jesus saying this, knew that he didn't leave the 99 to go and get lost. There was someone looking after them, <laughs> folks. But... He goes to find the one that was lost and then he puts it on his shoulders and he brings it home. And then the next story, slide please, is a story about a lost coin. Probably a coin that was on a necklace, maybe something very um, important and significant, might have even been uh, associated when this woman married and the woman has lost the coin and she sweeps, next slide, sweeps the house looking for the coin. And it's not until she finds it that she feels the joy. 
And then the last one, and the one which we heard read, is about a broken home. It's about a home that's broken by one son, one brother, going to his father one day and saying, I want the inheritance. And frankly, that's the equivalent. You know, when do you get inheritances, friends? <laughs> Daisies come to mind. It was actually a statement, I wish you were dead. It's a really harsh thing. And what's so shocking and surprising is the father gives him his share instead of flipping him around the ear and saying, go and behave yourself. He lets him go and he gives him what he says is his. And he goes off and he leaves for pastures new, things that are going to satisfy, he hopes, the longings in his being for something different. These stories are usually associated with another word. Would you put that up, please? Lost. The lost sheep. The lost coin. The lost son. Or rather, the lost sons. But actually, they seem to be about home. It's sons because it turns out it's not just the younger son who goes off who's in a bad place. The older son is not doing very well. On the surface, the elder brother is a good son, while the younger brother is a bad son. The elder respects, the younger rejects. The elder is dutiful, the younger demands. The elder works hard, the younger wastes everything. To all intents and purposes, the younger son is lost, as the father exclaims, while the elder brother secures, still at home. But when the younger son returns with apparently growing realisation that this is where he really belongs, we find out that the elder son isn't as at home as everybody thought was the case. The younger one comes home, the elder one stays away. The younger one returns thankful, the elder remains resentful. The younger knows himself accepted, the elder feels himself rejected. The younger is reconciled, at least to his father. The elder feels alienated. Even as the, elder, the younger one finds intimacy, the older brother reveals his distance. So who is it? Who is it really that is now at home, physically, emotionally, psychologically? It's the one who found himself and where he belongs after a long search and a lot of sadness. The other one, there's been a revelation of his true state of being and his relationships. And as Jesus tells these, this story and the others to the people who are listening, he invites them to recognize the, father's good, the good father's heart for those 
who are lost, for those who are not home in themselves. You know, the other day when I was at a conference of teachers run by our diocesan board of education, there were a large number, and maybe some of the clergy who are here were there, or maybe some of the folk who were teachers were there, and we heard about the state of young people today and their issues, their mental health issues around body image and what they're doing to try and conform and how they feel about themselves. They are not at home in themselves. And how many of us in this building, this church tonight, when we look deep inside, realize that there are things we're just not at home with in ourselves? And Jesus was encouraging those people who are listening to discover the attitude they had to the people that he was going out to connect with, people that they'd written off, many of them. Jesus said, there are people who are lost who need to come home. Jesus shines a light on what keeps them from rejoicing at what God is doing through his son, Jesus. And those listening can't understand or accept the grace of God and the generosity of God. Their hearts have been hardened. Their ears and eyes closed to what God has been doing around them. And I pray that none of you have ever been close to that situation. But that you are open to the voice and the presence of God. Whether you have been a Christian a long time or whether you are wondering about things, are you open or have you made up your mind and closed your eyes and your ears to him? As we've heard in our first testimony from Jonas, and there'll be some others, those who are making their confirmation promises tonight are those who are growing in their sense of belonging to God and what it means for them. It's part of adventure. It's part of an adventure. It's of finding the God who gives us dreams that the world can be a different place and all of us have a power through God himself to change the world as we are changed ourselves and to know his delight and love for us. We don't need to be perfect. We just need to say yes. I've had some cards produced from them. Have you got any of those just at the moment? They're kind of rather fancy because we like to be a fancy diocese when we can be. If you don't like the colours, don't blame me. No. (laughs) They've got a prayer on them. And uh, these are going to be given to the candidates at the end. And actually, we're going to have one, I hope, for everybody. I'm I'm running out, but I think um, there's enough. And the words on here are the words which a bunch of bishops, which I met with last year in a smaller group. There were lots of small groups. This was what we came up with. Were asked to create a paragraph which said, What does it mean to tell the good news in every place to all people? And you know, it was about two minutes' work for a bunch of bishops to decide what the answer was. You believe me? 
Honestly, it probably took the best half of two and a half hours with a good couple of coffees in between. And then eventually someone who wasn't a bishop made a suggestion. (laughs) And that proved the catalyst to looking for a prayer. And this is what we came up with. And so can I see the slides? Oh, that's... Okay, so just take it through slowly. You can read it. Father of all. You're slow. make Anglicans of you in the end. (laughs) That prayer is a prayer we often say after the Holy Communion. And frankly, if you want to know what this good news is about, this prayer kind of sums it up. And I've been over these series a year's worth of confirmations, kind of taking little bits of this or endeavouring to. And of course, When we were still far off, you met us in your son and brought us home. Do you know, this is a rich prayer and one that I hope that you'll take away and maybe, you know, use a fridge magnet or somewhere else to keep it. And this is how we begin to speak to others about the home that we've been given. And the more we find our home in Christ, the more we find ourselves and the more other people will find themselves finding themselves. So let's be still for a moment and just be conscious of what's spoken to you, that the Holy Spirit is whispering to you, just like John has mentioned earlier on. God, we thank you that you don't leave us wandering and aimless. You do not want us to be lost. You do not want us to be alienated from ourselves or others. 
and most of all from you. We thank you that you are a God who is always speaking, always around us, endeavouring to show us the path of life. And Lord, I pray for any tonight who have realised there is a deep yearning and a deep feeling of not being at home and a sense that you are inviting them to step forward and be and find your home. For those whose hearts are restless, may they know that you are the place, the person in whom they will find that rest. And Lord, let them not go home tonight without speaking to someone about that. And may they know your road before them, just as these confirmation candidates do. And may that be to your glory in Jesus Christ our Lord. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.